I haven't seen you since the play. Yahoo! So, there was some discourse. I love from, the discourse. <laughs> um, about people. Now, you all know me, so this is why I'm confident that this will be. Okay. You all understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. There was some discourse around Falcon and Winter Soldier and about people mm-hmm. saying that they were in a relationship, like, like gay lovers in that show. And then <clears throat> uh-huh. Anthony and the- Mackie. Was, was like, like no homo, <laughs> no, uh uh-uh. uh, do not put your gay shit all over me, uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> keep your gross gay hands this off is of the me. The same man right. that did the really intriguing. I'm going to use that word very decidedly. The intriguing episode of Black Mirror. Yeah, sure. I'm sure. sorry. I, I was obviously now, speaking facetiously of Anthony Mackie there, but also yeah, that's yeah. kind of what he did. <laughs> yeah. So, I the, so the question, entirely. the question I have about this. Hmm. Or at least the way it made me feel initially sure. was like it. I don't. It felt really weird. Like Which, it felt really weird to it? hear the... people assuming that mm-hmm. for two male characters to show that kind of affection, that they're obviously gay, right? Mm. It felt really fucking weird to me because, as I would like to think, uh, a relatively sensitive person, mm-hmm. I've been like that around friends throughout middle school, high school. And been called gay, like in mm-hmm. the pejorative sense. Sure. Mm-hmm. And now it just feels like it's not the jocks call it, being like, <laughs> "You're gay." It feels like <laughs> the nerds. Uh, it is. The, it is now the nerds' it's, it's time. Not Shane going <laughs> gay. It's not that. No. Instead, it feels like it almost feels like sometimes it's like it's like Pierce the gay community Jeff being gay. like, "No, that's gay." And so me I being have like, a lot of and me being like, but it doesn't. I see we are we are now getting into one of our favorite topics on the show displays of masculinity and how (laughs) masculinity is is portrayed and affected by culture but jace is jace is chomping at the bit so um i have so many thoughts with with (laughs) (laughs) this stuff is especially okay let's just start by setting the scene and understanding that nerds are weird and nerds are split, sure. in my eyes, not to reduce it to a binary, but for the sake of this discussion, it'll it'll simplify things. So bear with me while I kind of reduce things more than they should be. Nerds, in my eyes, are split into a few different sections. I'll, 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 I won't do a binary. Nerds are split into a few different sections, okay. one of which are queer people. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of queer nerds. Absolutely. Sure. Superheroes, especially within Marvel Comics... I shouldn't say especially within Marvel Comics. In comics, in superhero comics, uh-huh. there's yeah. frequently... Among the big two. <laughs> the big two, and even in the indies, though, too, as well. Mm. Uh, probably indies the, are just a little nicer, but I... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'm, yeah. No, you're totally fine. Very, very slightly nicer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ever so slightly. The, within the comic books, not the movies, the books, okay. there is sporadic queer representation. Are there... Major misses are their flops without a doubt. It's typically not 
created by queer people, but there's usually some sort of sympathizing toward the queer community and their struggles. Within these movies and the Marvel, the Disney Marvel cinematic universe, whatever, sure. it's been severely lacking. And we get hints, we get, you know, we've got, now we have Loki mentioning briefly in like a throwaway line that it's, that he, he's kind right. of... Which is which is the most sexuality that Marvel my grandma, un- got, my grandma got so excited about that line uh, and I that I was know adorable my grandma got so excited that's what, that's what exactly what this this whole thing is about right you know we had you know the Russo cameo in Endgame that was like my husband and everybody went oh, what but there is this- <laughs> they're real <laughs> they're real oh there's gays oh there's gays in this universe confirmed it's canon. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Okay, I, we had aliens, but no homos. So it's all because Thanos snaps. Right. That's right. Thanos disproportionately <laughs> targeted the LGBT community. Thanos. It's the age. It's the age-old misinformed take that being queer is just trauma, which is a real thing people believe, and absolutely deeply disturbing. No, the within comic book community and queer community and fandoms and all this stuff i don't even know how to get into this there's this thing called queering right and it's a lot of things can be queered and queering something as a verb can be done in a lot of different ways but one of the main forms of queering that nerds do is we take things that aren't necessarily queer and if we get even even a fraction of an inkling of a reference to potentially what might possibly, maybe if you squint your eyes, be kind of gay. Right. We then reframe it as being right. queer, and, right? And, and Falcon so, and the Winter Soldier was a show that that did have a little bit of like gross queer baiting in the early episodes. Like re- in those in those first few episodes, there are between uh, Falcon and Bucky when they like roll through the field and one ends up on top of each other and they're like looking into each other's eyes or like when they're when they're like when they're there yeah. it's 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 an explicit like wonk uh, and then there's also it's that a, fucking cheek reference to it. But I, that that's what I'm saying. More so them. G- I it didn't feel like queer baiting to me is what I'm saying. Like I see what you're saying. It felt very tongue in cheek, self aware. Oh, of... I disagree entirely. But it's fine. Um... Valid. I mean, and I think that also goes goes hand in hand with like there is like with superheroes. There's also like the trope of you know uh, Batman and Robin are. Yeah, the oldest Gay, joke in the in the universe. And the way that that affected the way that Batman was written for so long, and the reason why Batman got super dark at one point was because people were kind of homophobic. Why? Like, why Batman got super dark? They emphasized the loner thing, which had never been a part of his character. Ever, uh, ever, ever, ever. He, exactly. Robin all... appears one year into Batman publication. <laughs> uh, they bring in Robin real fucking quick, you know. Um, and, and then, you know, they, people started saying, like, Shirley's family said at Thanksgiving, like, Batman and Robin are super gay, and so suddenly they're like, no, Batman works alone, he brutes, he, he doesn't, he's he's not gay, no, No. what, Batman's not gay? gay. It's like, oh my god, but, but, yeah, but the, the idea is, when I hear people say, oh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's gay, I, it makes me think a lot of things. One and and like like you were saying, Caleb, in a non pejorative way, you know, it doesn't come across to me as like, oh, there's no such thing as a soft masculinity that can't be 
regarded as innately gay. Um, I think that is the initial unqueered take. And I think that is exactly what the show was going for was to say, hey, masculinity doesn't need to look this way. Masculinity sure. can be soft. It can be this friendly moment. And it's great. And that's why they have these tongue in cheek moments of them being close and intimate but then also still being like, can you get off of me? It's kind of like a nudge of, it's them saying we're not gay explicitly so that they can reinforce a softer masculinity. It is, yeah, I've seen it yeah. time and time again in a lot of contemporary, uh, I, I guess action, but also just a lot of contemporary movies, TV, all that stuff. Because as a society, we are, there is to an extent, some sort of motion to, release our hold in some pockets release our hold on how tightly we hold on to what masculinity is and how restrictive that is when i hear people say oh it's gay i immediately go this is just queer people dying for representation any and representation at the bit. <laughs> sure, literally sure. like crumbs it's what we're getting yeah so, you're sucking it more one line on loki has to like sustain <laughs> people for the next five years until he brings it up again you know they have to like they have to just like they're they're sucking crumbs out of the floor because there's no actual nourishment at play right there's no there's no full substance there so yes i but i do it that does bring what you're saying does bring up a really in in interesting and important point is that um what does it mean to represent masculinity in such a way and why is it so, why are why is it so easy for within a queer lens by queering these these contexts why is it so easy for us to say that's not oh that's not soft masculinity that's actually just kind of gay us outside of going well because we want it to be right that's the simple answer is it's because right. we want it to be and so we're gonna call it that because it makes us happy but sure. it's like I, when i heard when i heard anthony mackie heard i don't know if i actually watched it if i just read it but when i when i learned his response it like immediately brought me back to like high school of him being like no man like i can like the guy that i'm standing next to and like love them personally and not be gay and, like, while that may have, I don't know, I like I said, I don't think I ever heard him say it, so I don't know his exact tone I'm, and how I'm, it came out. Yeah. But, like, that response felt very, like, yeah, I kind of get that. But I remember seeing people, like, really offended at that. And I was like, but why? Oh, they were offended that he said that it wasn't gay? Yeah. Well, that, like he said, said it don't, may have been in the tone of his. He response. said shit like, like don't, don't put that all over me. Like, it was, it was not, it was not good. It was it was really like it was a poor taste choice of words from Anthony Mackie, even it, I, if it I, comes from like a, a a genuine place, right? And there's there's I, this no, you're you're fine. I didn't mean to cut you off. I I could totally see Caleb how what where like if you were in that position, how your response to that would have because and by saying oh no that wasn't gay, we're just we we just love each other. We're just we we can that is. A perfectly valid response that is so deeply removed from a con from a current and widely understood perception of masculinity that it would have been surprising to hear. I wouldn't have been surprised to hear from you, Caleb, because I understand you to be much more comfortable with a softer side of masculinity. 
And that's a beautiful thing. And I love seeing that. And it always makes me happy. Like when you paint your nails, I was like, oh, did you do that with, with your daughter? And you're like, no, I just I just did it. And I was like, I yeah. fucking love that. No. Like, dude, I saw a TikTok yesterday. Mm-hmm. It is like my life. It was some dude responding to someone that was like, why the fuck are your nails painted? And he was like, oh, shit. Oh, yes. You don't know about just doing whatever the fuck you want? Sorry, dude. Sorry, your box like, in, bro. Uh, there was a yeah. That's a great TikTok. I saw that one also. But yeah, no, I I think it's very easy because there is it's what we saw right is uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier pushing the edge of what so- what a slightly softer masculinity could look like in a superhero format as far as they could right, which is you know a good thing. I I would rather see actual queerness and what soft masculinity looks like in that lens but they pushed it within as far as they could within the heteronormative disney lens that they could and then anthony mackie um maintaining hegemonic masculinity then must say no 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 no! don't put that on me no 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 don't put that on me like his quote i'm reading it again yeah what is that it's not great he said so many things are twisted and convoluted there's so many things that people latch onto with their own devices to make themselves relevant and rational. The idea of two guys... I'm not reading this with no, his no, tone. No. I, so no, I don't no. know what his tone was. No, but still. still ooh, the words the are not of, good. <laughs> no. The idea, of, the idea of two guys being friends and loving each other in 2021 is a problem because of the exploitation of homosexuality. Next line. It used to be guys can be friends, we can hang out, and it was oh cool. You can't do that anymore because something as pure and beautiful as homosexuality Good. has been exploited by people who are trying to rationalize themselves. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, it sounds like – what this sounds like to me, and I have not heard it out of his mouth, but the way that these words are constructed, and this is just my take. I do not know his intention. I do not speak for anyone except for myself. Every other – whatever disclaimer I could possibly put, it sounds like he said that first statement about how, like, people are trying to rationalize. That first thing you said, I forget. It sounded like he said something that... To make themselves relevant. (laughs) Yeah, that was it. Kind of implied that queer people are just, you know, so greedy for getting any representation because we are, because we've been deprived for so long. Indeed. Makes us, you know, right. Um, (laughs) And realized what he said mid-sentence probably wasn't the best thing and so tried to insert like yeah, no some absolutely. sort of like absolutely well and like and you know homosexuality is this beautiful thing and like it should be celebrated but like and then he didn't know where to go and he tried to reinforce his initial point but at that point he had already started where saying something is your publicist anthony mackie if you are Honestly, giving this interview why are they God, not anthony in Mackie's that room publicist. hitting mute why are they not like no bail no I swear to God, Anthony Mackie's publicist Sometimes, is on the so... side of the camera, like fucking. You're fucking this up. Shut up. You're fucking this up. Shut up. One of two things happened. One. Uh, no, I can only. I mean, I the thing that maybe it's not even two things. I don't know what happened, but the thing that's going through my mind is that maybe it's like this person that asked this question. Or brought this up. Was this in a forum or was this in a one-on-one interview? It was in an interview with Variety. Oh my gosh! And the publicist didn't vet the questions first. The, the most major and, like entertainment publication. Um, and they didn't prep him. Can oh, I? Good. Can I? Um, can I uh, speak Please for a little speak bit? On it. You and have then, a very and specific lens that I need to hear. Yes. On this. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I think in 
in culture, again, because the LGBT plus community is so deprived of like actual representation, you know, like mainstream culture looks at one love Simon nine years ago and they're like, all right, the gays are full <laughs> for 10 years. We don't need to do anything else. We're good. Um, you know, and, and these, the, and these mainstream franchises, even ones I, I love like fucking mission impossible or fast and furious, because these are like the kinds of things that dominate the culture uh-huh. have a, a basically a zero percentile of LGBT representation. Like whatever I have not broken it down in like a fraction, but the fraction would be abysmal no matter what. If franchise I, if I may, I would say they actively reinforce heteronormativity. Indeed. Right. And like, yeah, and yeah. sometimes it goes to like a comical extreme, like, the fucking fast movies, but it's still like, you are still like, there is a, there is sort of a very heteronormative patriarchal almost, um, spirit to those movies. And, and uh, I wouldn't even say almost, I would I'd say, say it's yeah. pretty explicit. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, right. I mean, it's about family, right. And, and, and Dominic Toretto is the fucking head of the table. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Off the fast movies. Oh, wait, um, sorry. I was, I was reading. Have you seen this movie now? Oh, I saw. Oh, you think I did not see F9 opening weekend. Okay. 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 <laughs> but we'll, okay. we'll circle okay. back around. We'll circle back around. Um, so, and, and in, nerd culture there's always i feel this internal struggle and i've seen many like you know posts that express the same thing is like always being torn between wanting to see good uh gay relationships and also wanting to see good portrayals of friendships right uh that like especially between you know there's always that uh, troy and abed great example is that there are a ton of people that are like this is a gay relationship and this being a gay relationship is very important to you know x person personally whereas you know jace yourself and many others are like no i like this as a portrayal of like a really tender friendship between these two these two beautiful souls right and and that's explicitly because it's unafraid of being perceived as such without necessarily being right troy and abed do not do the no homo thing outside of like one episode in season four which is gross um doesn't count doesn't count. Not canon. Um, anyway, so um, it was the gas leak. It affected their brains. So, so the, Troy Novak is a great example, just based on the show that we're talking about. But you see it all the the time. And oh, there was something. Okay, so from speaking of the the MCU specifically, <laughs> MCU proper. MCU yes. proper. Working as it as it so often is only defined by its own terms. Right, like we often mm-hmm. are are not judging the MCU against other movies; we are judging it against itself. Um, as 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 the good Lord intended. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, hey, listen. Sometimes comparison is good, and sometimes you know, like like again by the good Lord, I mean the mouse. I see. Oh, oh, I see. I was like, what? <laughs> what does? <laughs> Hashem no, it was that, sorry, that was deep in sarcasm. Um, did not come. Across. Did not. Did not. Did not read. Um, oh, good. That was my. So, fault. so the MCU, <laughs> as I've railed on so many times, is a is a sexless franchise, and I obviously have nothing against asexuality, right? Like, obviously, like, I, of course, I don't. But, but they still perform the appearance of it. They uh, like, they perform the, the appearance of, of heteronormativity, but mm-hmm. it is a sexless heteronormativity. You know, like any of the relationships between, you know, each superhero and their romantic counterpart with almost zero exceptions are fucking inert. 
You know, like I like I think sure. I think Cap and Natasha Pe- and Hulk from the jump established that they can't ever have kids and that they can't ever have sex. I'm thinking Vision and Wanda, one of them's a robot. Yeah, it's it's a sexless relationship that also basically exists entirely off camera, right? Mm-hmm. Like that that relationship right. until WandaVision had never actually been glimpsed on camera before. Tony have, is regarded as a womanizer until he isn't. With and Pepper, even and when then they show a true intimacy outside of a one night stand with Pepper, that's not ever demonstrated Pepper, even remotely the same way as yeah, previous one night stands. And are. and Pepper and Tony also uh, break up and get together completely off camera. Like the the, uh-huh. the the relationship aspect of these characters is completely not important. They just have a girlfriend because that's what they're supposed to have, right? Uh, Doctor I Strange and Peter Rachel McAdams that has have an active Pe- relationship built in. Peter Quill Spider-Man. or Parker? Parker, sorry. Okay, no, oh, Quill too though. Actually. Quill does. Quill, does. Quill, Quill and Gamora yeah. are actually my favorite, which is one reason why I will never forgive Avengers: Infinity War. But uh, they that that is one of the best like emotional relationships. They got rid of their only love. It is, okay, you motherfucker. The only good romantic relationship in your entire fucking franchise, and you throw her off a cliff, and you do a gross like look at her crushed femininity, and then you liked it so much you did it in the next movie too. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, so, so, but outside, so, so this is a completely sexless franchise, except uh. the one, you know, obviously queer readings get read into everything, but also I think yeah. one of the reasons that the only romantic relationship, theoretically romantic relationship that I ever see anyone give a fuck about from these movies is Cap and Bucky, because guess why? Bucky is the only person Cap expresses any passion for in all of those movies. That is the only person that he expresses any, like, and I'm not even not even calling it a romantic passion. These are, like, oh. inert Ken dolls. So, like, the one time they actually have feelings, you're like, well, of course I'm invested in Cap and Bucky. They, It's the only person they seem to give a shit about. So, like, and <laughs> so, of course, that got read as a queer relationship. And, mm-hmm. like, again, in, and these, 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 it's a very sarcastic franchise right it has uh, that whedon thing where like every time you're going for emotional earnestness you have to have a character go like gay you know like you have to you have to have like anytime someone's like we have to grapple with this cosmic entity someone has to go like well that's a big gloopy gloop you know it's it's there's no you everything you've got you got rocket to say something kind of ridiculous that's still on par but it's a raccoon, so it kind of right. makes it like, and that is, it's all goofy. That is the, it's, it's, I love Guardians 2. It's my favorite movie in the whole franchise. That is the thing uh-huh. about it that drives me nuts, is that every scene has to have Rocket Raccoon going, oh, we're doing this now? Oh, this is what we're doing. Uh, it dry, it fucking drives me up. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and so, like, of course people read gay relationships into this, and I don't, I don't think the Falcon and Bucky one is particularly effective on that show, but, like, on that program, they're the only people that they seem to, like, have a passion for. It's like each other. They're the only people they have a relationship with. So, of course, people are going to read them as gay. You only give them gay. Your straight relationships no, I... are the most boring thing in the entire world. It sounds to me like Anthony Mackie tried to address poorly, but tried to address the practice of queering that gay people and members of the LGBTQ plus community do 
um, without having a fundamental understanding of that practice. It sounds like what he was saying, what he was attempting to say, if I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt, which I will in this moment, um, <laughs> not necessarily in the future. Or benefit the past, of the doubt until proven otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's uh, is that he went, he went, he went. No, it was it was him going. I don't understand why people think this. Instead of going, no, this is a thing that queer people do. He. The the only way to adequately answer that question was to address the lack of queer representation, and that's not something that he's probably permitted to talk about at that scale, mm-hmm. and that sure. probably really messed with the way that he was talking about it. Uh, personally, I kind of wished he would have pushed back a little bit if he even knew that that was what the what the vibe was, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed, you know, because like Brie Larson will just be like, no, fuck you, like Brie Larson who gets shit on endlessly by the MCU fandom, who which I do not understand, but different point, neither here nor there. Um, she like you know she she's openly talked about how the fact that they were like we want you to smile more, and she said, would you ever ask Chris Evans to smile as Captain America? Right. No, I'm not gonna smile as Captain Marvel. Like, and she openly has mentioned the lack of queer representation in these Marvel movies. Not super aggressively, but she still talked about it. So I, I think, but it's also, it's a little bit more forgiving when a woman does that as well, because queerness is innately re- regarded as being a relationship with femininity in a, in a, uh, uh, a misogynistic society. We equivocate anything being seen as girly as bad, therefore queer, queerness is bad. It's yeah, the whole thing. It's it's that but, um that joke in <laughs> Shaun of the Dead where Sean is like, I just I really care about Liz, I love her, and Ed goes, gay <laughs> Like it's just any any male yeah, affection no, or emotion gay, is gay. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, oh my god. I this is a whole conversation I have with my other my, my Judy's all the time. And like and I think, oh my gosh, was it I wanna say it's Butler? That was the one that spoke on this. Uh, there's a lot of feminist theory and queer theory that talks about this. The idea that masculinity will constantly restrict itself further and further and further as time moves on to the ridiculous, which is how you end up on Twitter with people saying, like, I don't know, I feel like eating fish is mad feminine. And, like, <laughs> no, I would never go down on my girlfriend. Twitter's a fucking cesspool. But, but that's oh my but God, that's a right? real thought that a real human had. That was put right. on them by a societal lens, you know? Yeah. I've seen people say that wearing glasses is feminine or gay. And it's Fellas, like, is it gay you... to see? To see? Yeah. There is, you know, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. Like DJ Khaled being like, oh my I God. would never go down on my wife. And, oh, and then Smash Mouth retorts and no, says but... a true king who doesn't, a, a king who doesn't is no king at all. Go Smash Mouth. Right. But like literally like. In that moment, it's, fellas, is it gay to be straight? And that's what we've re- we've got, come to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um... Is it just, it's gay. <laughs> you are gay if you do anything. So right. on the one hand, it's it, with the Anthony Mackie, like with the... Yeah, I feel like that's what Anthony Mackie might have been trying to that. say. Yeah, yeah, he might. Yeah, <laughs> to me, in like, my brain, Damn, you're gay. And everybody was like, oh my God, gayness? Question mark, please. We're giving, we're, yeah, we're giving no. him a lot of credit. 
We're giving him a lot of credit. <laughs> We're giving him a lot yeah. of credit. Yeah. In, in my brain, what I read it as the first time was a guy being like, fuck, no. <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be gay. Like, that's that's the like, only way I took it. It sounded like a guy responding to homophobia rather than queer yearning. Am right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It felt like the way I would have responded when someone looked at me hugging my guy friend and going gay and being like, fucking shut up. Uh, and that's not the, probably not the right response in that situation. No, I would say you for him. For me, I would vote for like the best, the same response in either way. They're just right? jealous. If they're it was homophobic, jealous. they're just, just jealous. jealous. <laughs> Fine, they're just jealous. No, literally. <laughs> I mean, it's the same response either way. If someone if someone says like, "Hey, is this gay?" Like, we really want it to be gay. We like, I don't be like, I don't think it's gay. I think it's just this this kind of softer mess. Like, it's like guys can be friends with other guys. I see what you're doing, and I see. But if someone's like, "Man, that's gay," the same response. I don't think it's gay. I'm pretty sure if it's, it's guys just being guys. But also, I understand that gay people might want it to be gay. And to that, I say, go for it. View it as gay. To respond to homophobia with homophilia is not the right word. But <laughs> to respond to homophobia by saying. Homophonics. Homo- homophilia. Whatever, whatever you do. I'm a homophiliac. Don't, do I, I don't know. <laughs> homophiliac. Oh my god. No, but I I understand what you're what you're fishing for. The response should be the same because if you shut them down by being welcoming to gayness, you're further removing yourself from participating in homophobia. And if someone's homophobic to you and you respond with being like, "What? No, it's not gay." You're furthering the narrative that being gay is a bad thing. Exactly. And I think that's where the the boo boo happened. Can I can I tap in one last thing and then we'll start the tell program? Uh, so yeah. I I have been watching The Sopranos. I'm about done with season three, which is a show like principally about the prison of masculinity, like the self inflicted uh-huh. like prison of masculinity. And there's a, there's an episode in in season two where uh, 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 an older mob boss. Uh, takes these, like, sex vacations with his girlfriend. And um, he goes down on her. And he's, and he's like, very serious with her. He's like, you can't tell anyone about this. And she's like, why? And he's like, because, you know, there's this tradition in masculinity where, like, you know, they they wonder, like, if you'll put that in your mouth, you know, like, what else are you put in your mouth? Uh, so, like, the these guys are living oh, in a world yeah. where going down on a woman is gay. <laughs> And, they, and, like, it comes out that he goes down on his girlfriend and he, like, loses his mind and, like, start, like, breaks up with her, throws a cake in her face. Like, it's it's the insane, like, prison of, of masculinity that, like, we put mm-hmm. people in and people put on themselves. And uh, I'm sorry, this is uh, this is Advanced Community Studies podcast uh, where we watch... You don't need and- to apologize. <laughs> this is the best part of this show. I am H O. It's a, it's I. There's a reason that I like don't also, cut it what, generally, right? It's like thirty minutes yeah. of free flowing, whatever we're passionate about this week, you know. Also, what, um, what other fucking conversation would you think we would have on this? It, podcast? it hadn't come up so yeah, far. It might, it might be a little late for this when people hear this, but honestly, currently, yo, happy Pride, yo, fellas. happy Pride. <laughs> yeah, this will be the second one that drops in July, but it's all happy Pride year round. Every okay, week is Pride. Today is what's the 29th, 28th today? We're we're 29th. right under the wire. 29th. The 29th Pride has just occurred. A bunch of cops shut down the queer liberation march because why? Duh. That's why. Jace, that's what listen. cops do. That's what Jace, cops do. Pride Jace, was a police. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Listen, I mm-hmm. hate cops. 
Oh my god, me too, Caleb. Oh wow. God, wow. <laughs> uh, it only could have been made better if you were like, hashtag me too. Damn, no. I, no. <laughs> Uh, I meant in a very cringy way. I hope you understand. I, I personally, I could tell you were being cringy. I, I I'm a dad. My jokes all suck. Yeah. I just throw like... dull darts, and eventually I start he throwing them stick. hard enough that they stick to something. It's not what it should stick to, though. So most people that do laugh go, that was dumb, but I'm laughing, and I hate it. Yeah. 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 My life. Anyway, what's this show we're watching? I, uh, well, this I heard is, of course... a really bizarre format this, of, a, of a new streaming platform, this, is correct? This is, of course, Advanced Community of Studies, course. a podcast where we watch and talk about the American television comedy show Community one or two episodes at mm-hmm. a time. We are also the premier podcast in the Yahoo Screen Podcasting Network. Uh-huh. Yahoo. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited. Uh, I am one of your hosts, TV's Kevin Lanigan, and while this is the first I'm hearing I'm a character on a show, I'm excited to be one, but I agree I'll be a boring (laughs) one. Quirks are not my strong suit, results are. I come from a family of people who are quite literally insane. I moved out here to care for them, and uh, my strong suit is helping the uh, less structured people turn quirks into results. I would like to point out... I butchered that quote. (laughs) I fucked it. I would like to point out to the people who cannot visually see what I just witnessed. Kevin was not reading just then. (laughs) I was not. That's in his head. That was off the dome. I didn't do it. I didn't do it quite right. Um, The ultimate challenge... Any of us would have been able to know. (laughs) Well, that's fair. But the ultimate challenge will be when we get to the Honda episode where she has her incredible monologue to the Dean about being dumb. If If I can do that, I will, I will graduate from You'll Juilliard listen. automatically. You can plan months in advance to buy Subway for the season five finale. You can practice that. I can. That I can practice that. I believe in you. Uh, hey, oh my up? god, I missed that. No, missed that. Yeah. <laughs> amazing. Wait, so not only did he buy Subway to eat during the podcast, right? He bought it, and this was a day, mind you, where we were. Both very late, and you ended Jace up not being able to entered the on. call forty-five minutes late, and then we spent thirty minutes talking about in the heights. At which point, I introduced a subway sandwich which had been sitting off camera the entire time for like and, two and a half hours. And then I and Kevin was like, "I'm sorry, I'm so hungry." I was like, "Why didn't you just eat it?" And he was like, "Because I got it. It's a fucking bit. Because I because I had to I had to eat this bit that I've been planning for six months." <laughs> I'm sorry, six months, not three. Yeah. Anyway, what's up, everybody? I'm Jace. How's it going? Happy Pride. It's a little late when you're hearing this, but for me, it's right on time. I use they, them pronouns. Uh, uh, and if you don't respect those pronouns, then I'll call you a dirty rat, see? <laughs> and I'm Caleb, the third host, the daddy host, the hostess with the mostest kids. Uh, the, the pause is the essential part of it. I, I love, love doing it so it. much. The pause makes me so happy. Um, and uh, I uh, I like season six, but there's more white people because that's clearly important. Because that's clearly <laughs> become important to this group. Do Abed and I need to be concerned? <laughs> I will tell you now, as leader of the white people, there's no cause for alarm. 
Welcome, <laughs> new Shirley. <laughs> Yeah, so good. Uh, this, uh, spoilers for our discussion. This fucking episode is great. Um, it's good. It's, what a glorious return to form. It feels so good. Um, okay, so let's, uh, Daddy House. You were not. Cracks. You were not here for our last episode of season five. So let's let's kind of quickly collectively do some some season five wrap up thoughts. Um, sure. which, which we didn't re you know, like when, when Jace was not here for the end of season four, just like nicely put a little bow on, on what we've done before we set up where we're going. Uh, so, so season five obviously was dealing with a lot of rigmarole, right? It's like, uh, Dan Harmon's back. Uh, Donald Glover's leaving. Uh, the guy from Breaking Bad, the guy who just got killed off on Breaking Bad's, he's coming. Uh, the fucking, uh, John, uh, John Oliver's coming back. You didn't see that coming. Uh, you know, like, obviously you have a lot of stuff going on. And I think we all agree, and the rankings will show, that, like, the beginning of the season, the first five episodes, Banks. 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 Maybe the best three-episode run on the show is Ass Crack Bandit, Lie Detector, Floor is Lava. Obviously there's a lot of competition there, but that would fucking be up there. And It fits in with the rest of season two, I'd say. Uh, yeah, because there's there's a few runs on season two where you're like, it's just perfect. Where you're like, okay, cooperative calligraphy, conspiracy theories, mixology certification, mm-hmm. uh, Abed's uncontrollable Christmas, uh, just like right in a row. You put out those four, whip, whip crack, whip crack, back whip to crack. back, uh, right? And and uh, again, you know, thirteen weeks from now, the end of this season as well. Fuck it, just hit 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 the last three episodes but mm-hmm. again we will we'll discuss that when we when we come to it but you know the back half of season five there's some good stuff we love meow meow beans we love gi yeah. G- G- jeff but you know <laughs> so i swear to god you're about to say jeebus jeff i love jeebus i'm a big believer <laughs> in jeebus i was a little bummed i missed the gi jeff episode because when i first watched it it did not make sense to me but Same. that's okay <laughs> Same. Well, cool. Uh, and then it's really grown on me to the point where we ranked it like number 25 or something. Yeah, we, I saw that and I was like, whoa. <laughs> we okay. really, that episode, I mean, just like, it's fucking. I gave it some juice. Funny. It's so fucking funny. Uh, no, there's a lot of good stuff in it. I remember the the, the writing is quite good. I remember being like, what's happening? But yeah, I had no relationship to the G.I. Joe brand. So but I was regardless, like, what's happening? Caleb, yes. season five. Thoughts? Closing remarks? <laughs> I think season five is the best case scenario of what you could do when your show loses its heart halfway through uh, and has to move forward with a transplant. And that sounds a lot worse than I intend it to sound. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like Troy, Troy leaving is huge. And yeah. what remains of the show that of the season after that episode is different. And it's different in a way that's recognizable and like, Irre- uh, irrevocable and kind of unhideable. And like the 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 good thing about season five, uh, and especially its last half, is it doesn't try to act like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but because of before that very reason, like it's also living in the fact that it's not what it was mm-hmm. earlier. You know, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like the if show it were a different it's... season. They could have spent time to go. Okay, what is this going to be after this? Instead. Right. They did a really good job with this, with how it transitioned, but it was still consistently living in this. It was decidedly self-aware that it was a post-Troy show at that point. 
Yeah, and instead of trying to hide it, it said, no, he's gone, and it sucks. And yeah. we also think that it sucks. It's like, we agree, so, like, Joe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No one is on the other side of this issue. <laughs> yeah, and so that's the, that's the other thing. So, like, as much as I'm very happy and, like, I am pleased that the show admits and, like, is very clear about its its sadness about the events that took place during the show, I also, like, it kind of takes a little bit away from it for me because it's also the show preaching to the choir in a way. Sure. And, like, there may have been a more creative... I feel like I'm. this sounds super fucking negative, but I feel like there may have maybe been a more creative way to make the rest of the season feel less bummer. Yeah. Um, I think like, it was probably a combo of that and then them clearly just <laughs> running entirely out of budget. <laughs> sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, I think season five is really good. And I love the people. I love that Duncan's back and like <laughs> he he's great. I, I love every moment he's on the screen. Um, I like the way they wrap up. That episode's ridiculous and bullshit, but I love it so much for some reason. Um, it's great. <laughs> it's, it's great, and it's also like, what the fuck? And so stupid. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but that's but that's community. And Kevin and I had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I think you might have been there, Jace, when oh, we I talked about it. Nolan movies and how Nolan movies frequently have this. Like, I could remove this. This movie could have something removed. And then the more you think about it, you're like, but all of this shit belongs. <sighs> but all of it somehow, like, is perfectly in place but also i feel like i could i could take a fucking jenga piece out of here and like the tower yeah would be if fine. you start looking and the harder you look the more it's impossible to find like, and that, i feel that i feel that way about season five like mm-hmm. there's absolutely things i would have done differently but when you ask me what they are i'm gonna throw both hands through the ceiling because i have no fucking clue like like <laughs> is tenet a perfect movie no but also yes yes <laughs> It's a perfect movie. Yes. Huge question. Yes. <laughs> that's that's my feeling on like most Nolan movies where I watch Inception. I'm like, I feel like something's wrong here, but also no notes. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, I got nothing. I love football, but also I don't. But also I don't. <laughs> it's, um, it's just. <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Anyway, we talk about uh, Nolan a lot, which I'm strangely, I'm not mad about. <laughs> he's an interesting guy i don't know what to tell you he's the only guy who's making movies not based on other things right now you know he's like i have this idea for a movie where a guy goes backwards and you're like okay all right guy goes backwards okay go off bro okay show me i haven't seen i need to watch it oh it's good yeah we're recording an episode of the nerdy bit show this thursday that's all nolan we're all picking our favorite two Nolan movies and talking about them at length. Favorite and like, the- what are my two favorites? Mm-hmm. Uh, my two favorites are Interstellar and The Prestige. I, I would go Prestige. I get, I guess Prestige Inception. You know, gun to my head. There's just something fucking about Inception. Like when the city folds up in half, you're like, fuck. That's the greatest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah. Uh, but this the, is amazing. the prestige is his masterpiece. It's it's everything that he does well in one yeah. movie. Without And I think I think Interstellar's on that list because if you'd asked me this question five years ago, uh press uh inter nope, Inception sits there. Mm-hmm. Um but having watched that movie multiple times post having kids, that movie's gonna control me 
for the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah. That movie's going to fucking control me. Yeah. Uh, Dark Knight's hanging out, like, just outside that circle. It's real close. It's a yeah, good it's movie. I don't know if anyone has mentioned this before. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. <laughs> like, no one's ever said this before, but let me... But Dark Knight, pretty good. Yeah. Pretty okay. Yeah. Pretty okay flick. Um, but that's our thoughts on, on season five. And now we we move on into Community season six. Uh, a little background knowledge for anyone that <laughs> was not privy to this. You know, let's say you're young. Um, the So at uh, the end of season five, Community is tr- straight up fucking canceled <laughs> like not in the way that they've been kind of canceled two other times this was like you're you're done <laughs> this show is over um and we're so cutting you off go home we're cutting you off like a big sheep's cane came out from off stage and like a pull uh-huh. pulled them off. um yeah they got the hook in the and so really so sense. briefly abed's premonition at the end of season five where if they don't come back next year mankind was destroyed by a meteor was true briefly that was that's true he said that's canon yeah br- briefly that was canon and so on the the and we sit around for months and everyone's going like okay you know arrested development got revived at netflix um you know x other show you know like okay maybe you know when firefly was canceled a few years later they got a movie maybe there'll be a community movie you know we'll we'll maybe do the sixth season after the movie no one ever said what order they had to go in um, you know, and, and, you know, there's, there's all these, this flitting around and Netflix was like, no, absolutely not. Hulu was like, bite me. Ab- no. And finally <laughs> the news comes, everyone wakes up one morning, they refresh the avclub.com and they're like, community? You're an ass. <laughs> I did. I'm just speaking of my own life. Uh, commu- you said everybody. <laughs> yeah. And Hey, a lot of those were like huge forums, like the community That's reviews no, on the I- AV club were what kept that website alive. Like, Emily Vanderwerf <laughs> has been, like, very public about that. Is like, yeah. No, I'm sorry. I also should be clear. I wasn't calling you an asshole because of... Well, I am. You were <laughs> insinuating? I was calling you an asshole because of how fucking deep you buried the lead under, like... And, and then everybody woke up one morning. I'm a storyteller. They just came in. Just fucking... Uh. I'm, I'm telling a story. I'm weaving a yarn. You are. You um, are. <laughs> and, and one day we wake up. And we see community has been renewed. We read the first half of the headline. We're like, that's great news. And then it says, by Yahoo Screen. And we said, I'm sorry. What is that? (laughs) I'm sorry. You said, did you sneeze in the middle of it? And like, you transcribed it wrong? Like, what is Yahoo Screen? Uh, And so everyone then goes into Google, what is Yahoo Screen? And Yahoo Screen is a quote-unquote streaming service. I think it's kind of a generous term. It was it was Yahoo's <laughs> attempt to break into the Netflix game. And at the time where it brought community on the platform, it had two shows. One was called Other Space. It was produced by Paul Feig. And it was this, you know, like a funny Star Trek riff years before the Orville did it. And it was like, it was kind of interesting. It was like gender fluid, like in the future, like a lot of the men were wearing skirts. A lot of the women were wearing pants, you know, Uh, Paul Feig. He's he's an okay guy at making stuff. And the other show was, of course, Sin City Saints, the comedy where Malin Ackerman manages a Las Vegas basketball team. Um, Neither of those shows particularly popular in their time. That was a thing. You're welcome. Um, (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, My brain, horrible. Do not go there. And um, so 
Community was the third. And and people like to say that Community killed Yahoo Screen. I would rather say that just Community <laughs> failed to create Yahoo Screen. All Community did sure. was not make a new Netflix by itself. Because, <laughs> again, it had two shows. It was it, the only thing. It didn't right. even have, like... The Office, you know, it, like it didn't even have reruns of Scrubs or something. It was just like, here's two shows and also Community. Um, but, yeah. but whatever, we were getting our sixth season of the fabled six seasons in a movie. Then suddenly, you know, that comes down the wire. Community was adding two new cast members, as you might imagine that it would. You know, we're kind of hemorrhaging cast members here. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown left between seasons to tend for her sick father. And... Um, so we get the news down the wire, and it's maybe the most community move of all time that it's two new, it's two hot new cast members, are a sixty-year-old black man and a white woman in her mid-forties. <laughs> it's like yeah. normally a show would add some hot young thing. Community adds two people who are an average of fifty-five years old, and, and <laughs> one of them is, of course. Uh, screen legend Keith David. You know, uh, if you've Ugh. played any video game in the last 20 years, <laughs> he's in it. Um, I just watched The Thing and I went, There no he is! That was <laughs> one of the first things he ever did, was The Thing. And he's that's incredible. That's a good fucking movie. That's, I knew it was good, but wowie was it good. That's one of the best fucking movies of all time. <laughs> <laughs> John Carpenter's The Thing with Kurt Russell and Keith David and Wilford Brimley is like one of the best it's fucking insane. movies I've ever seen in my entire life. It's, it's so, so good. good. Uh, I was watching, not to go too far off, I do want to say, as I was watching it, I was like, this is amazing. The only thing, there were a few moments where I was like, all five of you didn't need to be yelling those past 20 lines. Yeah. And that was the only critique I had. I was like, okay, there could have been a little bit more care in the acting direction. But aside from that, I was like, Honestly, like my only note so is there's there's a scene where one guy so runs good. through a wall, like one thing runs through a wall, and it's like a paper wall. It does not remotely resemble a real wall. <laughs> and you're like, you're on Antarctica and your wall is one inch thick. Uh, anyway. Uh, Shh. Walls as thick as the script. It was all that shit. I mean, was very little. I, I noticed it on like my fifth time watching the thing. I was like, that wall's too short. I didn't, you know. I, uh, I, wait a second. I was that not, I was work. not on viewing mean, number one going, hey. Uh, that's that. No, it it's took just me. A perp- it's just it's so hard to do cosmic horror in a film. And the other so... one of note is Bird Box, but this is just so much more cosmic horror in the like um, Cthulhu sense, uh-huh. where it's like it's it's impossible to it, it's, it, it's it's impossible the fear to of the shape unknown, it. It's impossible to when quantify you see it. it mm-hmm. Yeah, once you quantify it, it's almost impossible to have it still be the fear of the unknown. So Bird Box, where you literally never see it brilliant yeah and the thing where by its very nature it is it has no one form it's it's like it's not originally the case that was that was uh pitched by the special effects designer and john carpenter john carpenter was like i don't know and he was like trust me and it literally made the movie yeah it's like oh what if a dude's head turned into a spider and that was the guy but also what if the dog was the guy sometimes what what if that was the guy it's just i mean and like and especially when you know in horror movies when a jump scare is going to happen for the most part that one actually did catch me off guard a few times 
But I mean, mm-hmm. especially in current horror films, it's like the second the music cuts out, count to three, and there's going to be a jump. Like that's it's it, the, so formulaic. The thing is, my favorite, point. the kind of horror that's most effective to me, where it's just like it's psychologically terrible. Like it's not like I get once you get to like shit where it's like Candyman, and he has to say you say the name into the mirror. I'm like, ah, okay, it's too too much business. Iconic for different reasons. But, like, uh, yeah, watch, it, it just doesn't watch... go for me. You know. Right, yeah. you watch the, um, oh my god. I have a hard time believing, while you're thinking, I have a hard time believing in horror where you have to make it happen to you. Yeah, whereas, like, like oh, if it's like, you have to say Candyman three times, then fucking don't. Yeah, then <laughs> don't fucking like, do that. And it's like, the thing I, is, I, like... So, I take that so literally on TikTok. I was watching a thread of creepy videos talking about, like, skinwalkers, wendigos, like, yeah, yeah, mythological yeah. creatures that live in the forests of Northern America... And they were like, there's one that, like, it's rumored if you say its name out loud, but I'm not going to say it. And then people typed it in the chat. And I read it and went, I'm not going to say it out loud. And I dumped it from my brain because, like, I just don't fuck with that. No, stuff. don't fuck I with it. I don't. At all. What so, if? So, like, you, know? you have to say Candyman three times. He's never going to get me. Because I'm out of fun. You said it twice now. He ain't going. Beetlejuice ain't going to get my ass. The Exorcist. So in The Exorcist, there's, like, maybe one jump scare, and it's, like, a light. It's a candle. It's nothing of substance. It's it's a throwaway because yeah. they're relying so deeply on this sense of dread and fear and psychological horror. I mean, and it's brilliant. But, like, the way that you not knowing what it's going to look like at any given time where i mean the way that they also utilize that with scale i don't want to do any spoilers for anybody who is listening and has not seen it it's a bit of an old movie but still go I'm gonna watch give you... i think it holds up completely like it's i mean one of the few remakes that's actually better than iconic, the original not more iconic than the original <laughs> right. right and there's 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 a jump in, in i'm gonna say in the back half to keep it as vague as possible um where it's just the scale of there's there's so many t- like there are several jumps mm-hmm. where it's just you're you have no idea how the jump is gonna happen and when it does it completely subverts your ex- it's just a great movie yeah it's it's, movie. it's just a great movie say. it fucking could be anyone and also it could be you and you don't know that it's you and also like there's the thing it kind of flirts at like establishing some rules but we never know if those rules are like true so Yahoo screen. Just goes, oh, that guy from The Thing is also going to be on Community. Which, yeah, Dan Harmon was like, all right, here you go. Uh, so, like, we get... We, Correction. Right. Correction. Not the guy from The Thing. The guy who said... Oh. He is part man, part killer. <laughs> all carnage. That's uh, right. Both of these actors had been on the in show. In show already. On the show yeah, previously. Before being invited as bigger characters. Absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, and uh, Padgett Brewster... Uh, who again, like a an actor in her mid forties, which like normally at that point for for a for a female in the business, you're old, you're yesterday's news. Unless you're Meryl Streep, like we're you're not gonna be the new lead on a on a television or show. or you're or you're a British actor, in which case they actually have a regard. At for which case you elevate to an entire new level. You you yeah right. you evolve like a Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've become Blastoise at that point, and suddenly there's a new utility for you. Is like yeah. Harry, someone needs to yell at Harry Potter, and guess what? It's you. Um, and um, I, 
mean that 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 so that's so true. That fucking franchise <laughs> is British actor retirement fund. Is what that is. Like it's you wow. got a few checks like right before your your. Oh, hold on, hold on. That means that 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 franchise is barf. <laughs> British actor <laughs> retirement fund. Oh well. Oh my god. I said what that, I said. That is a show I would watch. I would The British watch Actor Retirement Fund. British Actor Retirement Fund. That actually sounds hold on. TM, TM, TM. That's ours. We we call it. It's ours. You can't take it. We, edit this out, Kim. Edit this we, out. We didn't say it out. We long. call the British Actor Retirement Fund. Um yeah, so we bring in and we bring in Patty <laughs> Brewster, who at this point, you know, she was like uh, somewhat well known in the LA comedy scene. She had like a few like stage shows she was a part of. She had been on a few TV shows uh, like Andy Richter controls the universe, like, you know, stuff that didn't really go, didn't really make her a household name. Honestly, up until this point, her biggest role was almost certainly as one of the guys on Criminal Minds. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I used to watch Criminal Minds obsessively when I was like, you know, 13. And then I haven't seen anything since. I have contemplated since going, what if I watched Criminal Minds, but just the Paget Brewster ones? What if I my did wife, like a Paget Brewster <laughs> watch list of of my wife lines? yesterday was like I might watch the rest of that show and I was like wow I uh, my girlfriend <laughs> and I actually sat there on Netflix right before this and we're like I was like how many episodes of Criminal Minds are there and there's like 227 uh, there's like no, 12 so there's 12 no. seasons they're all 24 episodes long but that's if I started Criminal Minds it would be like how I read One Piece where I'm like I'm never gonna like the goal is not to finish this. It's like, oh, I just have this thing that is reliably going to be there for the next few years if I so choose to invite it into yeah, my sure. life. Um, anyway, so we bring in Paget Brewster, who people, a great voice actor. You know, she has a great role on the final season of BoJack Horseman. Uh, she's she's fucking great. Okay, she's a fucking gem. And Incredible. and LA did her fucking dirty that she is not like a huge huge star. Um, and well, maybe she didn't want that. How, we, what do we know? We don't That's know. True. We don't know. That's true. Uh, she's very funny on all of her drunk history episodes. Anyway, we love fucking Padgett Brewster. Get ready for 13 she's weeks so of funny. how fucking great Padgett Brewster is. Um, and yeah. so she, she comes rolling into this show uh, with, why don't I just fucking uh, intro it? Season six, episode one, Ladders, directed by Rob Schraub. <laughs> <laughs> written by Dan Harmon and Chris McKenna. Uh, in this episode, in order to finally fix up Greendale, Dean Pelton's hi- uh, hires a new member of the Save Greendale committee, uh, Frankie Dart, uh, to to join the committee. The our our uh, Greendale crew immediately rebels. <laughs> they coo instantly, um, go against her wishes, and start a speakeasy <laughs> in the back of Shirley Sandwiches. And for what it's worth, she does not give them for a good first impression. <laughs> no, it's a pretty bad first impression. Uh, well, I'm, they address it, too, when she goes in for an interview in, for another in, job. This guy goes, are you crazy? Are you? Who does how, this? Why would anyone hire someone so pompous? In terms of hierarchy, I'm a big believer in it. Someone has to say I'm in charge, and that someone is me. Uh, it's just, it's fucking, it's, <laughs> it's, it's so stellar. But, but anyway, as a preference going into our season six coverage. Uh, I am uh, covertly titling the next 13 episodes the Season 6 Defense Force because there is still a lot of (laughs) negativity surrounding this season for reasons I will never fully comprehend. Um, I it's because it's it's simply because Donald Glover isn't there. Donald Glover isn't there. Some people don't like what they did with 
Jeff in this season, um, which like he's not fundamentally different than he is in the other seasons. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Jeff in any seasons. Yeah, so, exactly. You know. Right. He's Jeff. Like people <laughs> he's are Jeff. He's people, just kind of there. People are like he's he tries to choke out Abed. I'm like he punched out Leonard two seasons ago. He took an axe to the study room table like Jeff is not it. His his good <laughs> and endearing moments are almost level with Pierce's good yeah, and Yeah, few and moments. far between. They literally say he's a young Pierce. Like, that's the running bit with It's Jeff. an explicit, like, idea uh, running <laughs> running throughout the show. Um, and and all I, I simply shared an anecdote on Twitter.com, which was my mistake. Um, of, How of, dare. Of being at a party this past weekend. I was talking to friend of the show, Sam Stanish, about our relative television podcasts. Uh, he is currently covering Legend of Korra. And I was was uh i was like yeah we're about to start season six and like a lot of people don't really like season six and a different friend of mine named ryland who was two conversations over goes what and he comes (laughs) running over and he's like who doesn't like season six (laughs) it was incredible it's a testament to my friends having good taste and also how fucking loud i talk Uh, (laughs) um That that this, uh, but it was a it was a great backyard party, um, and it brought me no end of joy. That like from two conversations over, a friend comes marching over defending season six. I'm like, these are my people. This is taste. I'm I'm with high minded folks. Um, Clearly surrounded myself with proper humans. Right. I mean, season six, episode one. Like, does this? The thing that I think is so cool is that it so smartly like establishes this like understand. I keep saying like. It so smartly establishes an understanding with these. It kind of subverts the characters and how we expect to hear them, right? Like, mm-hmm. uh, Jeff, Britta, and Annie all kind of take on slightly more Abed like practices um, in an effort to retain that kind of meta lens of the show. And Abed becomes a little bit more, um, I don't want to say grounded, but there's. But uh, he explicitly says, like, I'm trying something new. Um, right. And that, after... we get Abed trying something new and we get the rest of them leaning heavily in. <laughs> to, their, to their rebellious side, right? Like, they, they see until... themselves as, you know, the, Frankie in this first episode is almost a parody of a sitcom trope, right? It's like, we're going to bring in the mean business lady and she's not going to let anything slide. Uh, but very quickly we realize that that is not what is going on. That's not what that she is. That is not who this character all. is. We see that, I think, first, um, after everyone rebels and she's like, you know, they're fixing up the cafeteria and she calls the construction worker Tony because she assumes a construction worker's name is Tony. Was, I don't know if that's your name. <laughs> uh, I sorry, I just assume your name is Tony. Um yeah. and and you know, she's she's made it a dry campus. Jeff says, I can't teach sober, and she's like, Do you? Do you, like, oh actually God. have a problem? Do you need help? <laughs> Is that true? Do you need help? Do you actually think you're an addict? Uh, and, and he just doesn't know what... It's a brilliant moment. It's a I love brilliant... that moment so much. And then, you know, she runs down Annie's to-do list, and she's like, I already did everything on here. You know, de-louse, spade, deported. Spade, neutered, <laughs> exhumed. Like, the list of verbs that she uses Incredible. are exceptional. The writers really crushed it with that past... Oh, that was so good. Yeah, that's... I just love, though... Because there's this commitment when she comes down and busts them in the speakeasy. <laughs> it's such a beautiful moment because it's her saying, like, I, we still have things to do. I want – there's a subtle I want you to like me and accept me and I want to be a part of this. 
I don't but I wanna... also don't, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. how to deal with it. Because she comes in with a bunch of guys in these old-timey cop costumes. These Bobby costumes. And she's like, is this, is this what you want? You want to you you play a little but game? The thing is, it's not entirely her being like, oh, this is what you want? You want to be treated like children? It's She also kind of means it. She's like, is this what you want? Like, I just want to make you happy. And then they're like, why is there a carrot? She's like, because they ran out of cop costumes. Like, that's the logical explanation right it's it's fucking Ugh. and then she tries to like dunk on leonard because she thinks that's the language that we speak here at greendale you are and she, and old and therefore deserve less <laughs> like oh, her HR informed burn it's from the everyone is a fuck of lesser god that's an incredible line it's I, really like, good you're all farts from the butts of lesser gods like if we take a can we just take a moment to appreciate how unironically incredible that line is. Absolutely. Frankie out here throwing darts. <laughs> Fra- <laughs> that That is like if Frankie was speaking like a, a Rick Sanchez line. You know what I mean? Like that, that is No, that's like, literally a Rick Sanchez line. It feels like a Rick you're Sanchez so line. You're right. You're a fart from the uh, butt of a lesser you're god. All, you're all farts from a uh, lesser god. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, but, okay, can I... Uh, but, the, but the scene I really want to talk about, like the most... Is this mm-hmm. this brilliant scene where she meets Abed at the lunch table, right? So and, and and Abed is Super. outside. He's filming one of his terrible films. Uh, they'll become <laughs> what does he say? Time, what is uh, the line? Uh, temporal mutation. English doc. Simply put, these dinosaurs will become. And she interrupts him. He's like, timosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's so good. It's fine. I, I it's love so Abed's love of trash cinema. Just like you know, uh, yeah. uh, bargain barrel. Garbage. Abed absolutely fucking gets down on the fast. Yeah, uh, oh, Abed please. goes into Forbidden Planet, goes to the back right, and just points at that rack of shitty pulp horror flicks. <sighs> pulls one out and says this is my experiment for the next three months absolutely right like you can find an infinite number of horrible low zero budget i really want to go through those one day and just like grab a bunch of shit titles and see what happens just just have a glut of smut you know i think that's what i should do for halloween oh that's a great idea That'd be a great, fun, like, shit movie film. Anyway, yes, that scene is really great. So, so, um, so Abed, uh, she, she legitimately reaches out and tries to address her concerns, right? Because she's getting fucking nothing from Jeff, Britta, and Annie. She's getting fucking nothing. And Chang is obviously unhelpful at most things. And, and she reaches out. I think out. he could be helpful. They I just have to... fucking ignore well, him. Well, that's true. No, that's but, <laughs> but he doesn't even, it doesn't even register. I love that. There's a scene where they're talking. Like, you want, he's like, he's a whole you had a meeting? You had lunch? And then he goes on and he's like, tacos. Tacos. Like, wow, great. It's, We're great. It's really good. I, I also like, like that we have completely he needs to be, but he literally plays zero role in this episode. He might be a ghost <laughs> in this episode, right? Like he might he as might. well. But I love. I also love that I'm we've completely totally. ignored everything that happened with him at the end of season five. Like he is no longer a traitor, and his teeth are not made of diamonds. Like we've just, we've just completely ignored everything we oh, did. Oh shit! That's yeah, right. Exactly. Everyone <laughs> is also. Oh yeah. Right. Oh, he, right. Um. So anyway, we we've tossed that in the bin. And and Abed is like, you're. I feel like you coming 
happening here is the end of the television show community, right? Like we're, we're starting to get more back to getting more grounded, start to ask questions like, where do we get our money? Uh, why did none of us take any classes? We used to be a study group. Now we're a loosely connected group of students and teachers. And uh, where he's, he, he, he's like, you're, you're going to make us ask questions. I don't want to ask. I'm much more interested in like, is there a God? What is sanity? Uh, is there a Pierce what ghost on campus? Because if there is, I'd like to get a head start on busting it. And <laughs> and the first thing she does in reciprocation is like she has listened, she has taken it in, and she's like, okay, I I do not understand you. We do not speak the same language, right? Like I do not own a television. I don't. I'm not versed in the television. <laughs> You're the first world. person who said that to me, and I've not immediately deleted it out of my brain. Right? Yeah. Great. Line. And and she what she does, and it's a brilliant writing trick that they take for her character throughout the whole season is like she find she Frankie Dart has difficulty like in social situations, but she really can intuit people and say like, I'm going to meet you on your level. Abed speaks in TV. So she's like, okay, I am going to, without talking down to this person, speak to them in their language. So it's like good shows change, you know, good, good shows, uh, uh, make their way through things. And I am here to help the, the less, uh, focused people turn quirks into results. Like, that's my purpose on this show. She just, like, pulls this complete thing out of her ass. And it completely wins Abed over, who who has felt lost for fucking seven episodes since Troy left, because uh, the only other person that speaks his language is Jeff, and Jeff is usually not interested in hanging out with Abed in, like, sure. in that intimate of a context. And so, like, in, not a, in a way that I don't feel is, like, gross or manipulative, she's like, I see this lost person... I can bridge a gap here if I just put myself on Abed's level. And I just, I, that's, that's beautiful. That's fucking, that's fucking brilliant. I love it. I, I just kind of love very good. how Abed walks in on them having their meeting and they're like, we don't like her. And he's like, I kind of like her. He's like, can I have some pretzels? And they go, no. And then he pulls uh, his own snack out. Lead. Pretzels out. He had pretzels out. out. He had pretzels, and he goes, that was a test. You failed. You guys are bad friends. And then it's... It's, it's very so good. good. It's so, it's so I, good. Are you sure like she Frankie. wasn't just being sweet and condescending? And he's like, no, I learned how to pick up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> so subtle, so good. Yeah, it's great. I think that Frankie might be, like, who I strive to be as a parent. Yeah. Mm. Like, when my kids freak out, I don't, like, freak out at them or with them. I'm like, all right, hold on. You're doing this because of this. Let's figure out how to solve it because, like, I can't reciprocate that because that would be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> but instead, like, <laughs> I can give you fruit snacks and you'll shut the fuck up. All right, let's do it. <laughs> like, just, like, I, I love doing that with my kids. And so, like, hearing Frankie do that with Abed and, like, a very much, like, okay, cool. There's only one way this works, and that's if I level with you. On on your, if I come and like meet you at like your, a human. yeah, meet you on your terms and like figure this out. It's fucking. Which is great. why it hurts later on when she says, "You don't, you don't know yeah. any better," or something to Abed, and then everybody goes, "Ah, you fell into the trap." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. you walked right into that one. Uh, oh, yeah. no, I stepped in it. <laughs> Shit. Stepped in it. Uh, Britta, on what, what part of this do you think was covert enough that required 
tattling. You built a bar in a school. There, there was a there lumber. Was lumber involved. <laughs> requires lumber. Yeah. God, dude. this uh, again. Thirteen so weeks good. of just like reciting Paget Brewster line deliveries. There was lumber involved. <laughs> um, it's she could again teach a fucking master class just on just on emphasis. Um, it's 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 really fucking good, and this episode has like a lot of ground to cover. Some of which they don't need to cover. The reason they're constructing the pole in the cafeteria was because the new so uh, community moved sound studios between seasons, and they this studio was like in a different from their last one. It was in a basement underneath, literally a basement underneath the Parks and Rec studio, uh, and and that that basement had pillars which had not previously been there. So Dan Harmon being, uh, I don't like to throw this word around, insane, uh, was like, we need to justify why there are pillars in the cafeteria now. So we need to like do a whole construction thing with the pillars. Whereas I was like, I didn't notice <laughs> that there were never pillars oh, there. I, I actually did notice and something about, I didn't realize that they were new pillars, but now that you point out that they they are, they, they're new. They had never there been there. rollerblading around that cafeteria. I guess. I just, but I just hadn't, I wasn't, that wasn't something that I was like holding on to as like, this is important for me to know that there are no pillars in here. The cafeteria you know I mean? does not have it, pillars. I, right. But the thing that I did notice when watching was that all of the pillars say load bearing. Yeah. And it's so funny now realizing that they weren't there before because it implies that the building was just structurally unsound. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah, right, that, years and years. well, right, because the roof collapses at the beginning of this episode. Exactly. You know, like the whole, the whole frisbee. And, like, the the details, the roof they do the flashback with Leonard when he sees the the frisbee, <laughs> and it shows that the school used to be named Greendale Computery College. Like they made or they did tie it in nicely. They were like, "Look, this was this was our past. This is the way it is." It's canon now. And then for some reason, decides to quote, "Was it Blade Runner?" Uh, yeah, like tears <laughs> in, in rain. And then, and then he, and then, and then he goes. Uh, then uh, Garrett. Garrett goes. What? What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so fucking. Good. I love that we're at the point in this show where like we can have a Leonard flashback, <laughs> and you were like, yeah, Leonard flashback. No, it's great. Yeah, that we're like, it makes sense. We're fleshing out the history of this character as sweet Aerosmith's sweet emotion plays <laughs> to, right. to set the oh, scene. So good. I also, it's interesting because at the very end of the episode, we've got this really bizarre moment where Leonard and Garrett seem like it, it looks, it reminds me of honestly the first time we saw Thanos in the end credits for one of the movies. Now I have to do this myself! Yeah, no, basically. <laughs> but, but it's. The I am like, inevitable! It's just, <laughs> it's just vaguely like villainous. The way that they're presented, they don't say anything, and then Leonard clocks the barrel and gives a thumbs up. And for some reason, that is less jarring to me than when Abed does it in the previous season. Is that four or five where he does it? I think it's, he does it it's, in five. It's the episode we just covered. It's it's basic story. Yeah, the first part of of last week's episodes. And we talked about how, like, it's one of those times you talked about a different, uh, you talked about a different show where they just kind of randomly get super meta for no reason. I forget what you were. Yeah, it's a, it's a whole thing about uh, Till Death, and I will, I will not recite the entire thing uh, here. This also doesn't bother me in the way the Abed thing 
did. And I can't put my finger on it. I think it's because Leonard is so, like... Is maybe it... it's because the Abed thing already, like kind of broke this can i can i can i I try and get at why this this, we are both experiencing this same idea so abed is of course a very meta character he is from jump street he's from from the very beginning he is like i am on a television show right um and, and despite that meta lens abed for five seasons still exists in the corporeal reality of the of the television show community right like he is still a character yeah. based in a world he is a character that we are meant to take seriously <laughs> you know not like deathly serious but like he, he is a character we're supposed to actually be invested in mm-hmm. whereas leonard whose actor was like literally on the dick van dyke show you know um kind of it's it's weird to say but like his he has the same (laughs) rules that like groucho marx or bugs bunny has where it's like Mm -hmm. he is kind of out of step of reality because because leonard is a cartoon character not in the literal sense but in a way where like we can suddenly throw out the fact that leonard was a veteran of the korean war on the korean side and that is not called into question in any way. We don't have to just... It's 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 the same logic that is on every Tina Fey and Robert Carlock show. Uh, 30 Rock, Kimmy Schmidt, uh, Mr. Mayor, where any character can say that they have any backstory and you go, uh-huh. Girls 5 Eva, yeah. No, it's all... Yeah, yeah. you're like, uh, like Tracy or Jenna or, or Jack or Kenneth, like any of these characters can say the most patently insane thing as if it's the flippant yesterday's news you know like kenneth parcel is possibly an immortal being you know like and and it's like yeah leonard exists in the same space as kenneth where he's kind of like he 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 he's an ethereal form there's always been a lettered and there must always be a lettered and and yeah. uh there's always he a lighthouse a, there's a always a girl <laughs> right yes. leonard is a constant uh bioshock infinite fans uh and and leonard is like this being and he can kind of step out of it in a way that abed can't as weird as that seems yeah no i i yeah there's an yeah. unreality yeah, I think, to I think Leonard. That's right. Like Le- Leonard is less tethered to reality than Abed is, as like as well. Right. Like he can just throw out, "I was a little rascal," <laughs> and and I we're was. Like, and we're like, "Yeah, he's You're a little like, rascal." Okay. What? Right. Yeah, he's a little <laughs> okay. rascal. Uh, don't know. Don't know which one, but he was. And and you just accept that a few about real wars. <laughs> so and this is by far the most yeah. terrifying. And. And he can just throw that out. And we're like, yeah, that's Leonard. And those are the rules of Leonard, which are the different than the rules of Abed, who for all of his meta talk is, a, a, you know, so a mid-twenties son it's, of a falafel chef. It's because when, when Abed speaks in a meta sense, it's like he knows something the rest of the world doesn't, but there is still presented, it's still presented in such a way that the rest of the world, even us as the audience, it's still presented with doubt, where we're like, no, I, he doesn't actually know he's on a TV show. It's he's talking as if he were. And then when he clocks the barrel, it's no longer he's talking as if he were on a TV show. It's he literally knows. Yeah. And the camera is supporting him in this. 
Like, where it's, like, literally, like, chasing him around. And for for all that Leonard, he just, like, the camera's just kind of there, and he just kind of turns to it, and he gives a little wink. He's like... And that yeah. is that is much okay. less jarring because again I've like lived in a world where Bugs Bunny does that, <laughs> and uh, and and that's part of Bugs Bunny's whole deal, you know. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's it's very weird. It's very weird being a huge fan of Community and being now a huge fan of Mythic Quest, and being like, no, Abed knows he's on a TV show because Abed then calls that he's going to go be on another TV show. And then is on another TV this show. This completely accidental, like, happenstance, you know? Yeah. Accidental? I think not. I mean, okay, if you mm. <laughs> if you want to believe that Rob McElhaney and Megan Gans watched the community finale and said, let's make that real, then I love your reality, and I, <laughs> I wish to join you. You don't think that it was already written beforehand and Abed knew about it? Or Danny Pudi knew about it? Yeah. No, because that was, I mean, I, TV development can often take a while from like, you know, a pilot getting bought to it being produced. But when Community went off the air, Apple TV Plus was not a fucking twinkle in anyone's eye. Apple, like, but how the long was, service, he could how have long known was the, Mythic Quest in development though, right? Yeah. I mean. Like, how long were they thinking about that? It is possible. I'm not, I, I'm not writing it out as being impossible, I just, I just think it's greatly improbable. I hate to, uh, I'll be that guy. I'll be the other side of this, where I'm like, I just don't. Caleb, I like your theory. <laughs> your theory is much more fun, and, and it's much more whimsical. That's and me. I, that's uh... me, the fun guy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the mushroom. What? Yeah. Come on, Kevin. You're you're gonna make me say it. What? The fun guy. Uh Yeah. Just... that one. It did. You were, got you, were, it. you were Drax in this case, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do you one better. Why is Gamora? If something flew over my head, I would catch it. <laughs> <laughs> he said, <laughs> nothing flies over my head. I would catch it. Ah, <laughs> uh, Drax, Drax is the best it's... guy. I fucking love that Drax, guy. Drax, I think, is honestly the best performance, and I, I, I do not say this lightly, the best performance of a prior WWE actor turned movie star ever. I've ever seen. Oh, Adam. so Dave Batista, not like Batista I love the Rock. is like a legit fucking Rock. actor. <laughs> no, exactly. I love The Rock. The Rock plays one character. The Rock is yeah, The I Rock. Don't, I know John, John Cena's in things. John Cena plays one character. Correct. Dave Batista has been he's an many actor. different characters, and all of them really good. Like yeah. he's been. A spy in in my spy, which that movie is his tiny really fun part in Blade Runner twenty forty nine is like so emotionally yeah. affecting. Saffir Morton, it's his so... Saffir Morton is so good. He has one scene, and you're like, I care so much about this man. <laughs> yeah, like I started a movie with Ryan Gosling and Dave Bautista. And within like a three minute span, you've made me wish the movie was actually about Dave Batista. Guess Good who job. is in <laughs> Knives Out too? Because it ain't John Cena and it ain't The Rock. It's fucking Dave, the Warrior Wait, Batista. Hell yes, he is. Oh, Knives Out Two just started filming too. Hell in Greece. yes, he is in it. In the Knives Out Greece. Two cast is unbelievable. Oh. <laughs> I cannot wait. Catherine Hahn, Dave Bautista, 
uh, Kate Hudson, Janelle Monet, <laughs> Ethan Hawke. Uh, I, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm forgetting them uh, off the top of my head, but it's, it's Edward Norton. Edward, Edward Norton. Norton. What? <laughs> Leslie Odom Jr. Holy shit. I forgot. Cast. It's unbelievable. Wait, 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 what? I am fully erect. <laughs> I cannot. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. What a good cast. What Ugh. a fucking cast. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan just kicking those last Jedi naysayers into the sea, <laughs> just fucking knocking them off Let the. Fucking... Launch you into the sun, Let... you fucking children, you fucking childs. Uh, listen, it's okay to not like a movie, but if you're like still on about that movie, wait a minute, wait, go outside wait, one time. Janelle Monet. I said that. Yeah, yeah Janelle Monet. Sorry, it just dawned on me, and oh wow, this oh uh-huh. this, oh. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I had to see their faces for it to fully register. This is, and you know who will be talking insane. to them? Benoit Blanc, <laughs> <laughs> the <laughs> cinema's greatest creation. <laughs> oh, Daniel yeah, Craig Daniel with Craig. a southern drawl who loves donuts. Like fuck all other. This is the best thing that's ever this been is the made. Best thing. I love that. You know, because like when when uh, I really hope they subvert the the genre in a fun way again. That's that's I, Ryan's whole thing. It's like we're yeah, doing thing, yeah, the but, genre, but we're also subverting the genre. You know, we're like but like as in I I am like I'm say, I'm saying I hope that we get a different subversion, right? Like instead of us knowing the outcome and then giving a twist later. Like oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, which was an, a brilliant subversion. It was so good. I'm like I want a new one. And what are you going to do exactly. to subvert the mystery genre in a different way? Because that wouldn't rely so much on you not knowing something that it's like, okay, exactly. so now we've done it where you do know something. That's, that's How are you going to do it next that's time? That's totally going to be, not knowing that's totally gonna be the thing, right? Like that's absolutely like he, that's what he does in every single movie is like, we're going to take your expectations of the genre and we're going to do them, but we're going to subvert it just enough that it's like spicy and new and interesting. Uh, uh, Brick did it to Noir, and Brothers Bloom did it to, like, the Con Man, and uh, Looper did it to Sci-Fi, and the fucking Last Jedi did it to Star Wars specifically, Uh, and then, like, Knives Out. But, like, also the brilliant trick of Knives Out is that you think you know how it happened at the beginning, and Mm. you are right, but you are also wrong. You know, like, you, there is Mm. also more to it, so it is still a mystery. You're just not, it is a who facilitated not a whodunit you know what i mean like it's it's um anyway uh knives out <laughs> good movie go watch it go good watch flick. it good flick good i as, for, if, as if you didn't already know there was there was good talk thing. right before the last jedi that like ryan johnson would get his own star wars trilogy which like that's the only thing that could get me to watch more star wars uh but like i am actually like really overjoyed that his trilogy he's getting is his like original mystery thriller trilogy for netflix where he got paid a hundred million dollars you think we'd get a third one to to round it out it's already agreed oh no it's confirmed it's already (gasps) the the deal has been netflix bought netflix bought two movies and oh so they're netflix produced they're not yeah, was the but, first one Netflix produced? No, it was. Yeah. It was. But uh, Netflix bought two movies and said that he can spend no less than. You know how normally you get like a check from a company and they're like, "This is this is the max. This is where you got to stop." Yeah. Netflix, Netflix was like, "Netflix said a no." Here's less two than movies company. and you can spend no less than this much money. 
Net- and it was an absurd amount of money. It was yeah. like, I mean, like I I know was it that million dollars. <laughs> I know that Johnson and Daniel Craig, and he said, okay, I'll do two more knives out. Yeah, exactly. So so the deal has been inked for two and three. I don't know if there's like a time frame in which they have to happen, but obviously, like the first day of shooting knives out was like today. <laughs> um, and uh, wow. uh, yeah, and I know that he and Daniel Craig both took home a check for. One hundred million dollars each, uh, and and Johnson has already like started work. His production company is starting work on a program specifically to like finance the movies of new filmmakers. And I'm like, this guy, this fucking guy, <laughs> this yeah. this dude who became the like the got turned into a villain by the worst people on the planet, like is. He's doing nothing but showing up for the little guy. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, here's here's what's up. So Knives Out 1 had a $40 million budget. It made $311 million Huge in Just a giant So So Netflix goes, what if we buy your next two movies for $470 million? <laughs> uh, y'all, that's fucking winning. That's that's, that's listening that to a bunch awesome. of haters and going, but look how big that check they just wrote me is. And isn't that cool? You know, I'm afraid <laughs> it could not have happened to a nicer guy or a better filmmaker. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's 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 truly like the the world of Hollywood is often such a fucking cesspool dumpster ass fire that like, but every so often you're like, wow, oh. <laughs> Something good is happening. <laughs> Every once in a while, you go, "Oh wow. man, movie! The world's okay. Hooray for Hollywood!" <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, y'all, y'all want to rank some goddamn community? <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. Because also, this bumper is really fun. This bumper is so, the butcher and the baker. Shirley spun great. off. <laughs> great so, name. It's so. It's weird. awesome because because. Because Abed is committed to the fact that he's like, yeah, Shirley spun off. And they're like, that's not how reality works. And he just kind of just doesn't even acknowledge them. And then the fact that they're like, yeah, Shirley spun off. Shirley spun off and she's on a southern legal drama called The Butcher and the with Baker. With some element of, of like mystery and, with, and ghosts. With Bayou I know it's not the bayou because it's Atlanta, but, you know, like, swamp no, is supernatural. The they say it's the bayou. He's, He's in Louisiana. He, he, he says, the, oh, maybe he says Louisiana. I thought he said the swamps of Atlanta, which I was like, I don't know if that makes no, any no, sense. No, Louisiana. Okay, well then, yeah. No, gonna... in the beginning, in the beginning, I think Abed, or when they talk about Shirley leaving, they talk about her going to Atlanta. But then I in this in this end cap, they say something about it being near the bayou. So, I if I'm... Is that a goof? I think that's a goof. I swear he says the swamps of Atlanta. Stephen Weber in his southern drawl. I could drawl. Have sworn that the whole thing was very clearly Louisiana. I mean, that's what it feels like, but they keep saying Atlanta. <laughs> like, I don't... Uh, hold on. Let's go to IMDb. Let's go to the uh, f- goofs section of IMDb for this. Uh, sure. Actually, hold on. The community wiki, I think, is going to be a much more reliable source here listeners fucking bear with me okay you're always, you're always <laughs> chomping them a chain they're never doing that our listeners are fucking beautiful the only people that razzle me on twitter.com are definitely people that do not listen to this show 
Because <laughs> they're like Jeff and Annie shippers, and they gave up on us a long time ago. Yeah. Well. <laughs> okay, that's fine. Well, they're um, garbage anyway. Um, well, while Kevin's looking that up, Caleb, where do you place this one? I mean, we can only see one through twenty-five right now, but no, that's fine. I think it's um. Oh no! Maybe How many not. M tags do we have, Kevin? Uh, let's see. Ah, oops! Accidentally opened final draft. That's going to be a pain in my ass. Uh, there are ninety-five N tags currently. Ninety-five. Yeesh. Uh, you know, I'm gonna. I'm just. I'm just gonna be fucking honest. This is a top ten for me. I love it. it makes me laugh really? a whole lot. I okay. Spoilers for all of these fucking season six N tags. They're uh the best i love them i love He's troy like, and abed boy partial i'm partial to these like uh what if we did a weird yakuza origin story what if we did a fucking weird uh spinoff about the guy who works at jeff's gym what if we did uh an infomercial about incest <laughs> like what what if we did that and um i i love it i'm sorry uh, and I, when you know your show's canceled anyway, fucking go for fuck it. Fuck it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bring in Steven Weber for an end tag cameo. Fuck it. Do it. Uh, I love it. I love that the that the aesthetic that they filmed it in is also so true to like those like network TV drama, like predictable Absolutely. shots, predictable lines, predictable fight causes predictable fall predictable reasoning nobody makes more crumbs than a cook and nobody leaves more clues than a detective it's just like slow overwritten <laughs> like it's it's, it's beautiful it's beautiful I love, it. I love it i would watch this show if this show i'd watch it aired on nbc right now whether or not it is the characters early from community i would watch this show <laughs> i obsessively the uh, butcher and the baker yeah, the butcher and the sure. baker okay, absolutely yeah. i love a crime show i with do a love weird that they press. were like look we know that you're really busy i we'd love to at least do a cameo with you and she was like yeah for sure which i think is nice because they I, did not have the opportunity to like send off shirley in the way they sent off uh troy and to a lesser extent pierce no they they literally spun her off and it's brilliant it's funny (laughs) and and this is not her last episode she has a very you know she has like another cameo in the in the series finale um but it's it's really i think it's a nice way to like send off this character as as much as you you can given the circumstances of her arrival also that nicole brown lost a lot of weight between seasons looking looking sharp yeah it's i i i i personally don't like to compliment weight loss but that's fair. It's it, but it is noticeable. I my first thought was, oh, I wonder if that came from the trauma of having to take care of her dad. Um, yeah, or like you know, a personal choice related to health reasons. I don't want to. I don't want to psychoanalyze. Who knows? I don't know what it is. Right. I personally am I... very much like if mm. people lose weight. I am never going to be the one to compliment them because I could be complimenting something really not great. That's absolutely um, absolutely true. Um, but as fair. far as ranking this end tag. I have I just I, which one is Hickey hiding? It's at number ten right now. That is where uh, Troy is in a couch in a chair, and Abed is like in a plant, and Hickey is on the phone <laughs> talking about how like he can't afford his medication, and they won't be able to bury Dad at the family grave plot, <laughs> and Troy and Abed are just like <laughs> trapped, and they're like crying. <laughs> I'm gonna rip off this bed. I'm gonna I'm gonna say this as quick as I can. We, we can't bury dad with the rest of the family. <laughs> it's very good. 
but I, I would, I would, I, I, I like the I think freshness me, of this. I'm, I'm gonna rank this one as the new 16. Wait, which ones depends on what fails? That is the uh, end tag of the most recent uh, episode before this, where there's like Mr. Egypt with BJ Novak, Questlove hosting, Celebrity Beat Off. Uh, <laughs> it's a bunch of like fake NBC shows. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would act. So I'll put this one as the new 15 then. I think this one. I, I just I can't put it above Pledge Drive or Abed Stand Up or Dean Anime or Pepperwater or I just I, I think the top I I'll keep Pepper it at the new water. 15. Pepper water. I understand. Who puts pepper in water? There, there's, there's something about the we're fleshing out a weird joke from in the episode with like a way too elaborate fake television show that I no, it's really, really like. But I also yeah. like, yeah, it's fine if it's number fifteen. Like if Daddy Host says fifteen, that's also fine. <laughs> no, I, I agree with this. So with which top ten or top fifteen? No top. Um... Sorry, I zoned for a second. <laughs> I agree <laughs> with whatever uh, you just... I want to place it at the new 15. Mm, pledge drive. Mm. See, here's the weird thing. Is I think this. I think fake fire alarm is up there for me. But that's I, 24. I and feel so like... like tags move so much. For but me. then like... But then like... The D anime and Abed stand up and pledge drive. I think this is better than. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I think this is better than a Hickey hiding. Because Hickey hide Hickey hiding is just Amazing. so fucking. It's really great. It's a lot, and it's, and it's not better than, better than It's not better than piles of bullets and cocaine. <laughs> You're gonna. Which is be... an amazing fucking title. Um, Thank you. So do you want to add 11 or 12? I would be okay with either of those. Pepper water, better or worse? Your beloved pepper water. It's yeah. one of my favorites. And like the jokes per minute, the ratio of that. It's pretty good. Not jokes per minute, jokes per word, perhaps. Yeah. Just like, we're going to say two things. <laughs> it's going to be the funniest <laughs> shit. Immediately um, get it. Pepper fuck. water. I yeah, hope I'm that's a, the I'm fake just... gun to distract us from the real gun you have attached to your bag. <laughs> uh, Pepper water's I good. This, I will split the diff. Well, I can't. It's not splitting a difference because Kev said in the top ten, not number ten. But to me, I would put this twelve. I'm okay with that. Just uh, subverting Dean anime beneath Pepper Water. That seems great. The butcher and the baker. That seems to split the ten and fifteen. I think so. I think that's a that's a fair split. I think everyone okay. could go home happy with with that truce i'll Um, sleep all right tonight yeah the butcher and the baker is an album by the used that they haven't put out yet (laughs) (laughs) yeah the butcher the the... long-awaited follow-up to to the bird and the worm (laughs) yeah it's my uh favorite uh noah bombach movie after the squid and the whale (laughs) the butcher and the baker (laughs) this is gonna be so hard to rank this like actual episode so i will can i start us off with something this Please, is my favorite of the season premieres. This is my favorite first really? episode of a community season, which I think before this, the top spot is our number 42, two. Anthropology 101, which is an episode okay. I quite like as well. But I mean, from the number of episodes, that's still really well. Yeah, exactly. Play. And then like, I think Biology 101 is not, it's not far. Yeah, it's just a few, a few places below. Um, and then Pi. Yeah. Yeah. 
community often has kind of like a uh, kind of a stumble on the on the first episode just like getting into the groove of what the new season's identity is going to be and this is this one they hit the ground running yeah this is the strongest thesis statement since the original pilot of like this is what this season is going to be but season two is even higher ranked than season one's pilot uh yeah i just like it better as an episode it's not a good thesis statement but also it has like jeff and britta's insane kiss like it's just that's uh, true the season two is more like uh, here's what you missed on glee unless like yeah this is a, exactly you know. and it's like it has betty white throwing her piss you know right. like it's drinking <laughs> her own piss um it's a good episode um that is why you fail <laughs> i um, would put this one up by like so first chang dynasty Okay, first Chang Dynasty number thirty-six. I like this energy. I feel like I've asked this a million times. Which one is Asian population studies? That is in season two, where they're looking for a new member of the group, and they have kind of like a mixer with Andre and Rich and. Yeah, uh, this is oh, the. Yes. This is the. I'll rock your world. She goes, "What?" And then he says it again. I'll goes, shatter <laughs> your world. I'll shatter your world. <laughs> It, also, it has one of Jeff's <laughs> best speeches where he's like, Jeffrey Dahmer. Uh, <laughs> uh, all, all I know is nobody's this good. Yeah. And nobody can be any worse than this. <laughs> <laughs> it's for, it's I underrated episode on Community's grand, grand scale. Um, that's also the one you where... Ra- you rated it though, Kevin. I know, underrated as a part of the wider... Uh, culture. I think gotcha, we okay. rank this Wider much higher like, than we underrated. We hold that power. No, I think we rolled that. that. I think we rolled that power move, and I think I think we rated it higher than most other community podcasts would. Personally. So, where would we put this one in comparison to like First Chang Dynasty and Asian Population Studies? I would mm, put I, it in between because I, yeah. to me, I think Jeff's speech does carry a lot of weight in the Asian pop, but I think. Frankie coming in and having the several, maybe not long form speeches, but like very long dedicated segments of talking for the first episode of a character holds as much weight. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Which one is studies in modern movement? That is the season three episode. Annie hashtag Nick. Annie's move. Yes. Where, yeah. uh, mm. where they're bringing that. Uh, just and a, first Shang dynasty is the, the, the heist. The t- the Ocean's oh, Eleven, the heist. Ocean's That's Eleven right. heist. Okay, yeah, I would agree with Caleb. I'll put that as the new thirty-seven. Uh, new... Yeah, no, I, I like that. I think that's I think that's a good that's a good placement. Uh, that was hard. God, the the montage in this episode kills me. Fucking, uh, I I hate emailing Diane. <laughs> she she can't commit to a font. It's pathological. Which, as someone who sends emails all day, I just like I feel that in my bones. <laughs> I just think <laughs> I I'm just like oh Abed you're speaking my language right now. The other thing though, no, Abed, if you change your clothes one more time, I'm firing you. It's so good. <laughs> the other thing though is like, how do you even change the font in your email? Like oh, I know you can. Yeah, you can do it. Why would you ever touch it? I listen. I take it up. Mind about what she likes. Take it up with the, the only the, time uh, I've ever oh, seen emails true. get a little hazy as far as like aesthetic congruence is when you like copy and paste something from another site or something, and you put it in, and it adopts whatever font it was originally in, and sometimes it's like a different color or whatever. And I'm just too lazy to try and figure out this old dated email font adjustment system. Aside from that, it's usually just like. 
plug and chug. I mean, like, yeah, you, you can set a default yeah. font, Calibri body, 11 type. We all do it. But like, we've all used Google Docs and Gmail before. I know. We know but what again, the lunatics that I email where like they've made the background of their email totally black and the text is white. Why? But when you send a reply email, it automatically defaults to black. So you cannot read anything <laughs> that they have sent to you. Um, it's 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 unbelievable. Uh, the things that some people get away with in these things. And you gotta highlight it so you can read it, and that's messy. And that's messy, because I'm also trying to type, Diane! Uh, <laughs> she's pathological. <laughs> uh, never mind, this is the number one episode <laughs> after this email. I definitely thought we were gonna put it higher, but. I, th really? I think 37. I mean, like, goddamn, look at what's above 37. You know, like, First Chang Dynasty, Studies oh, of Modern sure. Movement, Virtual Systems Analysis. Digital exploration, horror fiction, a lot of season three episodes. There's like a season three block that it couldn't get through. Um, but don't worry, I think there are a lot of episodes in season six that y'all are gonna have to I talk me down right. from. I think you're gonna you're gonna have to like, gonna like okay. So let me tell you why this is number one. Let me tell you why the episode where the dean fake comes out as gay is one of the top ten episodes of Community. Uh, <laughs> let me let me tell you why the Honda episode is again one of the top ten episodes. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we will cross so that. So dumb. Cross that forking <laughs> bridge when we come to it. Uh, but, but now we are in the section where it is the time where one can say their plugs if they so choose. Uh, um, this week my plug goes in your butt. Happy Pride. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Damn, that was my joke. Uh, <laughs> Uh, shit. <laughs> I'm fucking derailed. Um, yeah, I don't have shit to talk about now. I don't even have a joke. No, uh, I did a bunch of E3 stuff a couple weeks ago. Go check that stuff out. It's really good. Um, and share it with your friends. I'd enjoy, I'd enjoy that. I'd appreciate that. Um, Wait a minute. I do have a Sorry, Outside of that, the gaming community kind of got hit by a uh, a dark thing. Uh, over the last couple of days, yeah. um, a really once in a generation, not even just lifetime, like once, once in like maybe maybe no one ever will be this talented and dedicated to this craft. But uh, a uh, a person who dedicated a long a huge portion of their life to creating accurate and like workable emulators, and like more than just emulators, but like emulators that rather than just trying to make the game work on like a technical or on a on a gameplay standpoint and wanted to make the games run the way they ran on the old software which like are on the old hardware which like to understand that is a conversation about games that i'm sure no one that listens to this podcast has the patience <laughs> for um but like shit's hard uh this uh this person's uh, went by near n-e-a-r uh they also went by Bayou or B-U, B-I-Y-U-U. -U. Um, but uh, Vice wrote an article about their, like, 25-year life work project they finished last year, I believe, that was taking an obscure, like, Japanese release and porting it and also porting it with, like, local... Like, just the, the deepest amount of work to do on a thing. Um, anyway, to make a, a story I was going to say was short... 
but um, semi-long story shorter, um, they endured tremendous amounts of harassment over the years from uh, basically a docks mill called uh, Kiwi Farms that like brags about doxing people, um, and that harassment like reached a point where they couldn't deal with it anymore, and they took their own life, uh, and that shit. Fucking, I'm sorry, I should have said trigger warning for harassment and suicide, but, um, yeah. Kevin can toss it somewhere in before this. Yeah, George is in the the description, be like, by the way, Caleb talks about dark shit. Um, But yeah, it's, um, it sucks, man. Like, the thought that people that work on games, these things that we literally, the verb with which we engage with them is play. Um, mm-hmm. The fact that the people that make these things have to endure the harassment and hatred and like fear of their families, you know, information and all these things coming out is fucking dog shit. And the fact that there's really nothing that will be, can be, or you could do to these people, like, like nothing's going to be done about the people that harassed this person. Um hmm and it sucks. So, yeah, just, uh, you know, like, people go through... I've said this before on this show, because, you know, last year was a fucking doozy. But, you know, people are going through shit that sometimes you can't see. Oftentimes you can't see. Right. And um, I think, uh, you know, it, w- it would just, you know, make everybody feel a little bit better if they were more diligent in making sure the people around them were okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, if you see people harassing people, fucking... Fuck that. Fuck, fuck those people. Fuck those people. <laughs> fuck um, those people. Wow. Yeah. Well, I right before you said that, I remembered that I actually did have a plug. It is a bit of a different tone. <laughs> so no, it's fine. Try... Please bring the podcast. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm like, how do I, I like gently? Like, no, you're totally to fine. I, I, that's some. We very frequently talk about very real things in our plugs, which is really great. Um, but. Uh, as I keep referencing, even though it is going to be a little bit late by the time that this is released, uh, a lot of Pride stuff has been going on this past month because it is, big surprise, Pride Month when we're recording this, and it's Pride Weekend basically, like, right now. Um, and I recently did a video with this group called the Homo Sapien Experience. I think I've talked about them a little bit on the podcast. They are a queer comedy sketch group, uh, and I know the creators pretty well. They're good friends of mine. And we did a, uh, a video basically about companies during Pride Month. So go ahead and check them out. And there's some funny videos. Go ahead and give them a, give them a little look-see if you're into that kind of ha-has and hee-hees and ho-hos. You know what I mean? So, yeah, that's my real plug, not not just a, <laughs> a an anal bead joke. A butt plug. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, excellent. I really was going to make that joke. It's I amazing. Think, I think that's beautiful. Thank you. Butt plugs are that you two can share a butt plug. Um, (laughs) So um, share butt plugs, but don't share jokes, kids. Exactly. That's the lesson from this podcast. Uh, If you take nothing else away from this episode, Um, (laughs) I would uh, just like to to say uh, I've been hopping on uh, the streams of friend of the show uh, Kelly Harold on and off for some time now, uh, and and he and I are doing this occasional playthrough of the new co op game. It takes two. Uh, I know that VOD is currently available on uh, their Twitch channel, and I think there will be a YouTube upload of it uh, eventually. 
Um, and anyway, keep keep a look out to my social media at TV's Kevin Lanigan for all that uh, good shit. Uh, and and I, I, I don't plug this often on the show, but my other uh, podcast, the Puffin Publishing Podcast, a comedy show about authors, um, which we recorded five years ago in a fury and have been uploading our hundreds of sketches slowly for like five years. Um, uh, the next episode that is dropping, uh, that dropped on, on July 1st is a real banger. Like I hate, I, I, you know, it's, it's weird to like promote your own comedy as this is funny, but like, man, I was editing that today and it made me laugh a lot. So it's a, it's a good jumping on point. If you've never fucking listened to that dumbass show before, uh, you can listen to it wherever you're listening to this, uh, the Puffin Publishing Podcast. It's a gay old time. Uh, and, yeehaw. Uh, yeehaw. Uh, also, I'd like to say that even though we kind of like quibbled, it was like, oh, these rankings feel, uh, feel low. Uh, season six is currently our number two season and number one and tags. So like, I think, I think we're representing it well enough, right. uh, as of, as of this, as of this averages first are weird. Math averages are, I mean, it's crazy. obviously, it's only like one number, but like, right. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But it's also like, oh damn, it's, it's doing great so far. <laughs> uh, so we will be back next week with the introduction of Keith David as Elroy Potashnik and the advent of virtual reality technology. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. Oh, it's so and dumb. And we meet, so we meet Britta's parents next week. Ah, oh, this is going to be great. Uh, I love Jesus it. wept. This season is a banger. Non-stop bangers all the way down. Uh, but until next week, pop pop. Pop pop. That's That's fucked up what you did. History will remember your crimes, Jason. I love that it was like a, it was like a kind of creepy, kind of. It's like in a horror movie where they're like, ring around the rosy. You're like, fuck yeah. you, fuck. Off. Or like it's a, or like it's the beginning of a, it's the beginning of like a movie that takes place in an apocalypse, and the credits have a song, but the credits end in the middle of the song, and the last note that they end on plays into the distance as it like opens on a wasteland. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah, sick. I love the opening yeah. of Fallout 3. Yeah, dude, literally Fallout. That was literally... <laughs> yeah, of course you were. War. War never changes, and neither do your references. Uh, I feel like that was an insult and a compliment, and I, I'll take both. <laughs> that, it's called a complicult, actually. <laughs> uh, well Jeff done. invented them. Right, I coined the term. Uh, oh, and uh, see what I did break. there? That was a mistake. Here we go. All right. Have a good weekend. Shit. Or whatever. This has been a talk back podcast. That was quite a show.
Please tell your friends about this show. Boopy doopy doop boop sex. Larry, I'm on DuckTales.